Okay. Kia ora. Welcome to the Have to Travel Show. I am your host, Helen Browns from Cruise Planners. And today I am super excited because I have a client who recently returned from her first trip to New Zealand and the Cook Islands. So she spent a couple of weeks in New Zealand and then a few days in the Cook Islands before heading back to California. My guest today is Noelle Ortland, and like I said, she's from California, a first-timer to New Zealand and the Cook Islands. So we're going to get her impressions on what it was like being in New Zealand, some of the fun things she got to do, and believe me, she got to do some really cool stuff. Wait till you hear her trip. It just sounds amazing. Um, So Noelle, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show and tell us about your time in New Zealand and the Cook Islands. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, believe me, it is my pleasure. So, Noelle, you, um, you were planning this trip down to New Zealand. You get on this huge plane. You're on there for for long enough to have two meals, two movies, and a sleep, although that's probably not what you did. So, um, And then you arrive in Auckland, and it's two days after you left New Zealand. So some people are going to say that's a long flight, but we have the international dateline to, to thank for that. Um, so you arrived in Auckland, and what was your impression when you arrived in Auckland? Um, it was just like any other sort of airport you come out and, uh, I was, everybody was super friendly and helpful along the way, you know, like go here, go there. And I arrived at my hotel after a short, um, little skip and a jump, um, to the hotel. And then I hit the town. I dropped off my bags, um, and true to all international travel where, um, act like you're fully adjusted to the time zone. So I was not thinking about what time it was in California, and it was morning in Auckland, and so I just started walking around the city. Um, and I have to say, it's like any other big city. Um, so I walked um, all the way down to the harbor um, mm-hmm. to see the ferries and the sailboats and all kinds of stuff. Very walkable city. Um, everybody was friendly, a lot of nice, you know, I grabbed some food at breakfast along the way and coffee shops. Um, that are along the route and it was everybody was bustling about because obviously it was their work week but I was just sort of milling about um, beautiful clean city excellent and I, I, I have to say about Auckland I love the harbour area down there where they've got the viaduct harbour and you can get to see all the yachts and the marina and um, there's some very nice boats down in that in that marina down there <laughs> oh so yeah the and there's a lot of nice parks too Oh, yes. Around the city. We, we love our parks. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, I was surprised. You know, I kind of hit, I think it was called Albert Park. Oh, yep, yep. Was, like, right here in downtown. Hotel. So that was, yeah, that was the one that I hit first, and then I just sort of was walking around from there. Um, and, you know, it was, you do love your parks, and the outside spaces are, it seems like everybody's outside when they can be. Um, we well, New Zealand grew yeah. up with the mentality. Well, with the mentality. Well, I don't know about most people, but in our family, it was if it's not raining, you're outside. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that, that's kind of when I got it. Was like it was a little bit cold, but everybody was outside regardless. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't raining, you're outside. Um, even and even in the summertime, if it was raining and it was warm, you're out. Put your swimsuit on and go outside. Um, <laughs> that many times. <laughs> so then the next day, we had to get you up super early. So I apologize for the very early start that day while you're on vacation. And you, you took a bus that went from Auckland to Rotorua, but it also stopped at the Waitomo Caves. How was that bus trip, and what was the Waitomo, what the Waitomo Caves like for you? I have to say, I wouldn't just generally use the term bus, because this was like a full-on comfortable coach ride. Um, and the ride actually was beautiful going through, you know, some of the countryside and seeing things that I guess you normally wouldn't see if you were, um, you know, either driving or if you flew to different places. And it was beautiful seeing um, a lot of the, I don't know if you'd call them farms or um, whatnot yep. along um, the way. And then when we actually got to the caves, and, you know, they kind of do the rundown of, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. Glowworms, caves, what is this going to be a big deal, a small deal, what's going on? Um, but they actually give you the rundown, and it's really efficient. They give you some, you get to sing in the cave, which you, I think we sang happy birthday, just to hear the acoustics inside the cave. Um, and wonderful guys that just sort of talk to you about the area and the history. And then you get in these boats. And it's pitch black, and you're thinking, huh, 
glowworms in caves. Okay, so you get in this boat. You there? Oh, have we lost her? You there, Noel? Yeah. Oh, there you, you are. Hear me? No, we heard you getting into the boat, and that was it. And then it went silent. But that's okay. Okay. We'll just keep rolling. Go back. <laughs> so then you get in the boat, and it's pitch black. I don't know. Oh, you're cracking up on us a little bit. Oh my goodness. There we go. Hello? Yep, I'm here. So you're in a boat, it's pitch okay. black, and you're thinking glowworms. And there's little glowworms like twinkly stars hanging from the ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. And they, I guess there's cables along the top of the cave, and so they're sort of like pulling the boat around. And it's funny how quiet everybody is, and you're just looking around, and it's super, super peaceful. Um, and then they sort of bring amazing. you out the other side, and you're in like a fern grotto sort of where it's all green and lush. Um, and then uh, we came out and we had a nice little picnic lunch um, and got back on the bus. Excellent. Now, the one thing I like about the um, the caves is that when you look up at those glowworms, it's hard to believe that you're actually in a cave and you just think that it's, that it's dark and you're looking at a starry sky. It's Absolutely. Unbelievable it's unbelievable how um, peaceful and quiet it is in there. And reading the descriptions of everything, it's like it still doesn't – it describes sort of the – but the experience is so much more than the description in um, any guidebook. Yeah, absolutely. And the, um, the one of the reasons that it's so quiet in there is that if you make noise, the glowworms actually turn the, their, um, their lights off, and it can take them several days to turn them back on again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's why they're very um, strict about the noise down in that level. But it's interesting you mentioned the caves and the acoustics. And uh, we were in there um, when I was last in there. Nobody in the group wanted to sing, but we, there was another group just behind us. And the guide there started singing Polkarikariana, which is a well-known song, in, a love song in New Zealand. And those acoustics in that cave are um, are just incredible. When you hear one person just singing and you've got this perfect like sound shell um it was just amazing so i'm glad you got to experience yeah, the acoustics, even if I was singing a... happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> there was a show-off group behind us where there was obviously somebody that was a professional or amateur singer and they were doing their own sort of song and it kind of made our happy birthday sort of you know anticlimactic <laughs> Okay, so then we got back on the on the bus, the coach, and went to Rotorua, and um, we had you staying in that one near the downtown area. So did you just go out exploring mm-hmm. that afternoon, or what did you do? Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the first things that um, they mentioned was all of the, the steam vents around the city and mm-hmm. not put your hand over them, obviously. <laughs> um, because you don't want to burn your skin off, but that was kind of the first thing to like, where am I actually? So I just, I walked from a hotel straight down um, to the lake. And at that part of the lake, it has, I mean, you can obviously smell the sulfur, bubbling yep. mud water, and the Polynesian, the spa was right there. Yes. Um, and so it's just beautiful looking across this lake and then seeing the steam up off the water and then sort of, you know, looking to the other side of the lake. Um, and it just seems like a normal non-volcanic lake area. Mm-hmm. Um, but downtown is, was there, um, there is, and I can't remember the one street that's, oh, I think it's 8th street, isn't it? That it's, it's blocked off and there's just restaurants in there. 8th which street. Is one of the things that I did. Yeah, at night, yes. um, that Street. was a great yeah. place to just grab a drink and a bite to eat. Um, and then I also did the museum. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and they were having um, – that was actually – it's a nice – I don't want to say quaint little museum, but, I mean, it's a smaller museum than that I did on the trip. And um, But it was had this very cool – because um, I guess I was there right before um, Anzac Day. Yes, so you I were. Was, it was a couple I of weeks before Anzac, yeah. 
yeah, so they had a lot of um, exhibits about war, World War Two, uh, um, and so that was pretty interesting too because seeing it, you know, from the Americans' perspective, it's like you know we have our own sort of history of World War One and World War Two, and seeing it from you know the New Zealand standpoint and their role and everything was a lot different. Oh, awesome! I'm glad to do that. Hang on, you've disappeared on us again. Hello? Hello? Oh. Are you there? Hello? There you are. Oh, my God. Why is this I haven't even moved. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We know that um, receptions in some places can be a little iffy, but that's Okay. So the next day we had you scheduled for White Island, but unfortunately they cancelled that, and you ended up doing a different tour instead, in a um, in a helicopter. Um, so which tour did you do? Which tour did you end up doing? Hello. Oh my God. There you are. Uh, am I there? Yep, you're here. So you ended up not um, doing the White Island tour, but you ended up doing um, another uh, helicopter tour. Yeah, Mount Tarawera, which was um, a shorter tour, but it had. Um, and so, and this was actually my first time on a helicopter, which I have to say I was didn't really know what to expect, but um, it was absolutely fabulous. There is no greater perspective of a landscape than seeing something by helicopter. Oh, I, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, they, they drop you on, you land on top of Mount Tarawera, and it's like a 360-degree view. Um, and we actually had a view all the way out. You could see White Island um, off the coast. It was like one of the clearest days they said that they'd had all year. Oh, brilliant. That's so awesome. Was, I mean, we could see everything. It was just while um, and see the trails and for those that don't know mount tarawera is a mountain that um in the 1800s literally blew its top and it lost i can't remember how many cubic feet off went off the top of this mountain but when you see it it's this great big long scar across the top of the mountain and it buried a village um, and you can actually go see a place called the buried village and they show you everything that's been dug out um, but it also buried the pink and white terraces, which at the time were one of the seven wonders of the world. So somewhere under hundreds and thousands of pounds of mud are the pink and white terraces. Um, so, but I'm, you know, that's a that's a really cool um, thing to see from the air as the Mount Tarawera, and just to see how much of it blew, um, um, just blew and, la and landed all around the area and just buried everything. It was just, an, it's. Um, when you see it from the air, like in the helicopter, like you did, Noel, it's mm -hmm. it's um it's still hard to comprehend that that much dirt and mud went flying. Oh, absolutely! I mean, the sheer magnitude of the whole, the crater on the top, and then yeah. um, the area when you can see, obviously, the area that was impacted. It's just it's unbelievable. Okay, so we finished that tour, um, and then you went that evening. You went to the Tamaki Māori Village for their Hungarian concert. How did you enjoy some cultural immersion in New Zealand? <laughs> that was, I have to say, one of the most—I don't want to say hilarious because it was at the expense of, um, you know, because they get some of the other tourists that are there to participate in. Um, the games or the, you know, they teach you how to do some of the dances and, and whatnot. And to me, that was the most entertaining thing I had seen all day. Um, oh, excellent. Was people trying, <laughs> trying to mimic, you know, some of the, and I think everybody probably knows the Maori, you know, the faces that they make with their tongue sticking out mm -hmm. and the intimidation, um, you know, sort of dances and whatnot, and and seeing a bunch of tourists try to imitate it was um, you realize how hard it is to actually keep a straight face, and how hard it is to um, do some of the dancing and some of the games and some of the skills that they had as actual warriors. You know, when you get in there and you try mm -hmm. to do it, so 
that was outstanding. And they did a really good job of explaining everything, you know, the culture and how things came about and how it's changed even to, um, you know, with today, with them trying to keep their culture intact um, in this Mm -hmm. sort of modern age. Um, And then everything was completely interactive. And then they um, go through the hanging or the the meal um, and how they cooked everything. And then we had a dinner. They basically um, took everything out of the ground and they um, took the dinner out and then we were able to eat. And that was some of the best food that I've ever had. Um, it was outstanding. I'm sitting here doing a little happy dance because I know how good hungry food is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I totally yeah, understand I mean, the thing about like... people. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, people that, you know, aren't very familiar with it or they think, you know, a Polynesian sort of hanging meal, you know, more like a Hawaiian luau or something like that. And it's somewhat similar, but also completely different. And the food just has this flavor from being cooked in that way that is just, you're not going to get anywhere else. Absolutely. So the difference between a luau and a hangi is that a luau is cooked in a pit above ground and buried, whereas a hangi, they actually dig a pit, they heat up rocks, they put the rocks at the bottom of the pit, then they put the food down on top of the rocks, then bury everything. So everything is steamed in the ground. So you get that earth flavor coming through, which you cannot replicate in any restaurant. You cannot replicate that flavor. It is just unbelievable. And I've had both luau and hangi, and give me hangi any day. Um, I mean, the luau mm-hmm. food was really good, but I'm sorry, there's just nothing that can match the flavor of a hangi. And that... Um, Maybe because it's because I grew up with it, but, you know, you just can't match the flavor of it. It's just, like you said, you just can't taste anything else like it. You never taste anything like it. So um, did you get to do the singing in the bus on the way back? Oh, absolutely. Of course, they were singing in the bus on the way back. Yep. All, I love those bus drivers they have. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny um, that, you know, whoever thought that you'd be singing at the top of your lungs um, at the end of the night. But, yeah, there we were. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So you had a great day. You got to see a mountain that blew its top. You got to experience the culture. And then the next day we flew you down to to Wellington, which is the capital of Mm -hmm. New Zealand. And um, what fun did you have there in the the capital of New Zealand? Um. That, again, was, you know, I got there and then I just walked around the city. And I think Wellington was, Wellington and Queenstown were definitely my two favorite cities. And Wellington, just all the history, we we went to the Botanic Gardens, um, St. Paul's Cathedral, which, you know, is the all Gothic style um, church that's all wood. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's also where the Americans, it was their last stop really before they were deployed into the South Pacific. So um, you walk inside the church and there's an American flag and the New Zealand flag. Um, and there's just so much history there and the stained glass windows and it's so peaceful. It's just beautiful. Um, and seeing the um, the beehive um, <laughs> government building yep, um, was quite, was not what I expected at all. Um, but this city is, you know, small enough to be manageable and clean. And, you know, again, everybody was super friendly. And there's just no shortage of places to go or things to see, really. And did, when you went to the Botanical Gardens, did you go up in the cable car or did you walk up there? Yeah, no, we went in the cable car. It took the cable car down. Excellent. So, yeah, and that that was a lot of fun, too. I mean, it's something that I think you have to do. You know, I'm thinking what cable I like car, from... you know, San Francisco. I'm thinking yep. a different kind of cable car, but it was, yeah, the easiest way to get up and down a hill is by far that cable car. And the view from the top of the cable car is, is pretty spectacular too because that's one of my favorite. It's one of the most ph- photographed views of Wellington, and yet it's still, even though it's most photographed and the mo- one of the most seen the most with the cable car in the foreground and then the city behind it, and sometimes you see the shot without the cable car there, it's still to this day one of my most favorite views of Wellington. Mhm. It it's just it's gorgeous. And then you did the um the the sites tour around um 
around Wellington the next day where you did the the um um the tour that went took you around Wellington. So where did that one take you and what did you get to see on that one? Um, it took us around some of the um main streets that you should see um in Wellington and then to the top of Mount Victoria, which was really cool. I mean that's another outstanding view, three sixty view mm-hmm. of, of Wellington and the coastline. Um and then they also took us past a little surfing beach, which was interesting um, just because, you know, I'm thinking, God, that water must be cold. Um, but there were a bunch of surfers out there enjoying it regardless. There were a bunch of people walking um, on the beaches, and the day was just beautiful. It was sun- clear and sunny, um, and it was pretty warm. So it was just a great day to be sort of driving around and seeing, getting an overview of the city. Um, from the driver. Excellent. Um, and so did they show you the Kaikouras on the South Island from, from Wellington? Where you could see the mountain ranges in the distance across the water. Yeah, you could you could see it a little bit. Um, oh, and the other thing that we didn't see, although we saw the signs that they were around, were the penguins. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of penguins in New Zealand. There were- <laughs> yeah, there weren't. I had no sighting, although my eyes were peeled. Um, I didn't get to see any, but I have confidence that they were there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we have we have um, a few varieties of penguins in New Zealand, and sometimes they come out and say hi, and sometimes they decide to hide. They decide to hide. So I'm sorry they decided to mm-hmm. hide on the day that you were there. Um, I've, like every time I take my husband to New Zealand, he will tell me that there's no mountains in New Zealand. He sees the bases of them, but he has never yet seen the tops of them. Because every time we, I take him to New Zealand, all the mountains are under cloud, and he'll see the base, and that's it. So he tells me that well, whenever he sees, like, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits and everything else with uh-huh. those mountains in there, he goes, no, they've just been photoshopped in. I go, no, dear, I, I promise you they are there. <laughs> so you didn't get Coming to see the penguins. That had, <laughs> yeah, and I had good weather the entire time that I was in New Zealand. And I have to say that when he sees the tops of those mountains, it's going to knock his socks off. Because it is just astonishing. The pictures don't do it justice seeing it in, in real life. Absolutely. Okay, so then the next day, we um, after your day of sightseeing around Wellington, you got to hop on the inter-island ferry and go from the North Island to the South Island. Now, not many of my clients choose that option. Most of them choose to fly between the islands. But I would like to hear from you what your experience was like on the ferry and how you felt about that. I love the ferry. Um, and I've taken ferries a lot of different places around the world, and I think that um, this was a great way. You know, I mean, you have the option of being outside and seeing, you know, the view as you're going um, through. And, I, you know, when you first leave Wellington um, and you're on the ferry, I mean, you get to see, again, looking back, the city in a different perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go through uh, some smaller islands and stuff, and you can see, I mean, there's people that live way out where they only have access, it seems like, by boat. Yep. Some of these houses and stuff along the way, and how the the scenery sort of changes and the vegetation changes um, and the colors of the water. I mean, it, I, to me, it's the best of both worlds because you get the option of being outside in the fresh air. And then, of course, I had the um, premium lounge um, mm-hmm. membership with the ferry and that was just fabulous because it was like food and drink and nice comfy chairs <laughs> so you could go out sit on deck enjoy enjoy the surgery and then if you get cold or tired or hungry or thirsty then you just go back in and sit in your plush chair and you know make yourself a, a fresh coffee from the espresso machine and then have a snack excellent and how was with it wi-fi so, with wi-fi <laughs> yeah it, so it's like, you know, it's like everything you could ever want. Um, yeah, going through, I mean, it, it was a smooth trip, I have to say. Like, it, it, seemed, it didn't seem like you were on a boat at all. There are days that you know you're on that ferry. You'll get bobbed around, and, and um, the Cook Strait is one of those um, stretches of water. And this is, for those that don't know, the Cook Strait is the piece between the North Island and the South Island. And it's um, where the Tasman and the Pacific meet each other. And there are days that they are fighting. And you get some really good swells. Um, I have been on the ferry mm-hmm. in beautiful, calm, where the water's been like a mirror. And I've been on it where it has been 12-foot swells. 
um, without a problem. <laughs> and, um, well, I never have a problem on the fairies with motion sickness, but other people do. But that's okay because I just sit in my little spots and I'm happy. Um, so you would have gone through the Cook Strait and then come in through Marlborough Sounds on the way down to get into Picton. And to me, that is one of the mm-hmm. most picturesque rides on that ferry is when you go into the Marlborough Sounds and you've got these dots of islands everywhere and they slow the ferry right down so you're literally <clears> crawling through the sound area there to get to Picton. So um, I think it's one of the most picturesque scenery areas of New Zealand with that. So what was your impression of the Marlborough Sounds? It was absolutely gorgeous, and the water was flat, and it was sunny, and so the colors were just outstanding. And I I laughed because I'm like, oh, you know, I'll take a lot of pictures. This was obscene because I felt like I was not putting my camera down because it was like, oh, that's beautiful. Take a picture of that. Oh, my God, look at that. Oh, there's another island there. Oh, look at the color of the water changed. It was like I felt like I was out of control. <laughs> Sounds like my husband on his first trip to Milford Sound uh, with the camera. <laughs> I don't think his camera left his eyes at all. Yeah, at some point I was like, okay, just put the camera away and just sit here and enjoy the view. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand kind of has that tendency to do that, especially those that love photography and even those that don't love photography soon learn to like mm-hmm. photography in New Zealand because there's just so much that they want to capture. And, um, and it's so and, easy you know, to take a good picture. Yes. Yeah, you don't get very many bad pictures of New Zealand, um, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to its scenery. Um, so then we took the bus from um, Nelson down to, uh, sorry, from Picton to Nelson. And um, mm-hmm. and how did you find, and what was what was your impression of Nelson? I, you know, Nelson seemed like it was a smaller town um, or the area mm-hmm. that I was in, and I was, my hotel was sort of centrally located. Um, and, you know, I just walked up the hill to a little cathedral, um, and then again, it had a nice downtown where it was easy, you know, to just find a restaurant. Um, and actually when I got there, um, a lot of stuff was closed, but there was one restaurant where I ended up at a pizza parlor above something else. And it was like a bunch of locals, um, were there having dinner. So it was like family style. You just sit at a table with people and then, you know, you just start chatting and, you know, learn a little bit about Nelson and the things to do and see. And the number one thing was, well, when are you going to Abel Tasman? You know, mm-hmm. so that was sort of the next thing. And I did that the next day. And, and what did you do um, the next day with the Abel Tasman? Because this is, this is a really cool um, experience. That I, well, I think it's a really cool experience, but how did you find it? I, it was amazing. So it was like, I think, what, an hour, just over an hour um, bus ride from they pick you up in Nelson. And then um, you go to, I don't remember what the name is. It is Abel Tasman the name of the city? No. No, Abel Tasman National um, Park Kai is the area that you were in. Um, so Kai Terry Terry, is that the city or yep. the little town that yep. you get the boat? Yep, Kai Terry Terry, um, yep. And so you first the scenery along the way before you even get into the park is just outstanding and then um so you you get there and you talk um to your people so it was um you get on this little this ferry and then they drop you off um with your guide and i did a kayaking um trip a couple hour kayaking thing so they drop you off on this beach and then you get in your kayaks and you go around some of the the coastline there and um we actually saw fur seals the first one popped its head up out of the water at us and we were all so shocked that we just kind of looked at each other and didn't by the time we got our cameras out the seal was long gone um but we did find where they were hanging out on a couple of rocks and it became like this is that a seal no that's not a seal is that a seal that's not a seal no it is a seal so finally after much debate you kind of paddle over and it's like oh yeah it is and so we got some really cool pictures of the seals but again you just like pull your kayak up on this beach and you just go hiking around the park a little bit and it was Perfect. There were hardly, I don't know what, crowds to me coming from California are like hundreds of people in a park. And mm-hmm. there was, we, so we pull up on this beach and there's like three other people, you know, so it yeah, was that would be a crowd in, New in Zealand. terms of, <laughs> that's what I was like, 
you know, so it was funny. Um, but just the scenery is gorgeous. The beaches, the sand is super soft. Um, the water was a little chilly, but then I, you know, I'm there, what, I lose fall. Um, you, correct, you're going again, into fall at that time. I mean, yeah, but again, the weather was perfect. It was still, um, you know, sunny, clear, and sort of warm. So I have absolutely no complaints. And then you kayak back to the beach that you start out with, and then um, you walk in the water, and the other boat, the bigger boat picks you up, and then they ferry you back to um, the little town. So all in all, it was a perfect day. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I like the um, the, guy, the kayak thing, and um, I'm not, I mean, I used to be a, one of those people who was fairly active, I was fairly active as a kid growing up, and the older you get, the less active you get, but still, I find that that kayak thing is, wasn't too strenuous for me, but then we had a beautiful day where it was calm waters as well, so if the waters are a little choppy, I don't know, maybe I would have some difficulty, but um, you know, for me, it's, um, it's one of those, it's an easy kayak to be able to do. For those that are, um, and I think they make it. it, you know, they kind of talk to you about, you know, how much you, if you've ever been kayaking before or whatever, and then depending mm-hmm. on the conditions. I mean, we had really good conditions, so um, we were lucky. But uh, you know, I think they are pretty good at tailoring it to the group that they have, which is excellent. Awesome! Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed that one because that's one of the that's one of my favorite ones to um, put people on, especially if they're interested in the wildlife and the scenery and. Um, wanting to get out and, and do something adventurous um, because I mm-hmm. feel that's a good thing to do. Um, so then the next day we flew you from Nelson down to Christchurch. And how did you find and what did you think of Christchurch? Remembering that I love Christchurch. It's it's still recovering from the earthquake of 2011. Um, but yeah, what did you? Which that was a funny find, thing that the shuttle driver was like, you know, you just you know when they pick me up from the airport and they drive me to the hotel. Um, and it ends up that the hotel that I was staying at, the Novotel, that was right next to the cathedral, which was um, completely, really destroyed in the earthquake. Yeah. Um, the hotel that I was staying at was kind of the only one that was left, building that was left in that square, and they were doing construction all around it. Um, you know, so they were explaining to me that, oh, you know, there was an earthquake, and, you know, there was there's a lot of construction around here. And I was like you know what, it's all right, you don't need to explain any further, I'm from San Francisco, earthquakes, totally comfortable with, I know what happened, goes along with it, and I work in the construction industry, so I'm totally fine with that too, um, <laughs> to which point, you know, everybody else was like laughing in the shuttle bus, because, you know, I think everybody is maybe a little bit surprised when they get to Christchurch, and they see everything that's, you know, they say still going on, but it's like recovery from an earthquake like that takes a long time. Um, yes. but the ingenuity of the Kiwis is, is quite something, you know, because they have all those shipping containers where they've created a mall, um, basically like an outdoor shopping area out of these shipping containers. And there's a really cool Greek, um, place in there. And then they had ice cream, which hokey pokey ice cream I've never had before. I guess that's a New Zealand thing. Um, yes, it is. Which, how did you like it? <laughs> which was quite interesting. I'm still not sure how I feel about it. I think I need like four or five more cones of hokey pokey to really decide. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that whole, whoever would have thought that you could put a really nice retail establishment in a shipping container. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. temporary. They can move it around as they are constructing in different areas. And um, you still get people what they need. Exactly. It's called, the more you, that you're talking about is called Restart Mall, and they actually had built mm-hmm. it as a temporary mall just to help get while well, things were being rebuilt, but it's become so popular mm-hmm. they're now keeping it permanently. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine. And then yeah. Christchurch so, in general, it is just, there's the, you know, there's like what, the river or the creek that kind of goes through there? Oh, they the have Avon River. Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Avon River and Hagley Park. And, People were running and walking and just hanging out in the park. The weather was so beautiful, and it was, it was you know, once again, it's like I feel like I'm, you know, harping on the scenery or whatnot, but it was just one of the most beautiful cities. Yeah, Christchurch is my favorite city. I lived there for two and a half years, and every weekend I would get on my bike, as long as it, the weather was fine, 
or you know, if, even if it was overcast, mm-hmm. and I'll just get on my bike and go cycling around the city. And cycling, because mm-hmm. um, I was at the Air Force Base when they used to have an Air Force Base there, and I would cycle down Rickerton Road to Hagley Park and just spend the day cycling around the park and walking around through the Botanical Gardens because it's one of my favorite places. Um, I have yet to go back to Christchurch since the earthquake, um, and I'm kind of like dreading it because the cathedral there was one of my favorite places to go because I liked going up into the bell tower because you could get this really great view looking out over Christchurch. And when you get up there and have a look at the view, you see that the square is the center of the city and everything goes out in Mm -hmm. spokes like a wheel from the center of the city. And um, yeah. you can see that very clearly when you're up there in the bell tower. So, I mean, it was a beautiful cathedral and that, and so I'm kind of dreading when I do go back and it's not going to be there, and I think I'm going to get pretty emotional about it. Um, just yeah, I, that, I was curious to know what they were going to do, if they were going to leave part of the cathedral up or if they were going to take the whole thing down, because it's kind of in limbo right now. Yeah, the, there's a lot of discussions and debates and everything going on about it. Um, did you see the cardboard cathedral while you were there? No, I did not. Okay, I should have told you about that one, so I apologize for that. But they actually um, built a cathedral, and I don't know where they've put it, so um, I'll have to go and find that out. But they built it out of cardboard. Some Japanese design, I think it was a Japanese design, I can't remember who the architect was for it. And I'm like, okay, that's going to be interesting to go and see. Because I've seen pictures of it, and it looks absolutely gorgeous and stunning. So I'm curious to go mm-hmm. see this cardboard cathedral when I get there. Um, now so you I enjoyed your day around Christchurch? Um, And then the next day we put you on the Transalpine from Christchurch to Greymouth where you're basically cutting across the middle of the South Island going coast to coast through Arthur's Pass. And um, how was the train ride? It was really cool. Like, I I don't know. I like trains. Um, And I think that you can't not have fun on the train. So, you know, you get there and it was like this nice plush seat and everybody, you can tell everybody's kind of, excited about the train and we get on the train and then of course they have the food car and then they have you know the viewing car where you could you know take pictures um and whatnot but the ride was was smooth it was comfortable the scenery because you know obviously the train they have the the big windows and whatnot and so everybody Mm -hmm. was just taking pictures and looking out um and then they have this headset that you put on that as you're going and the different stops on the train you can listen, and they give you history and stories of the area, um, which is – so it's almost – you can either listen or not listen, you know, obviously. But it, to me, it was really helpful in getting sort of an overview of the area and how it's changed. Um, and then, you know, because all the time you're either driving or you're looking at something, you're like, God, I wonder what that is, or I wonder what mm-hmm. that's about. And here they're just – they're telling you the whole time. Yep. Um, and then we stopped at the top, I guess it's the top of Arthur's Pass, where they have the yep. little the, um, station, and that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. It was colder than it looked outside, but it was refreshing <laughs> nonetheless. And you really realize <laughs> how the altitude that you're at. Um, and then the other thing was we went past, and I guess they call them, you would know this better, but they call them stations when there are so many acres of land. They're not farms yep. anymore. They're stations. The sheep, the sheep stations, yeah, the sheep stations. The sheep, yeah. And so that was pretty cool, you know, being up in the mount, the high mountain passes, and then all of a sudden there's some sheep, <laughs> you know, on the, on the side of the track, just, you know, doing their thing. And you're like, what could possibly be up here? And then you see a little, um, you know, a house or whatnot, and you're like, my goodness, we're all the way up at this altitude in, like, the back country, and there's a sheep station. So, yep. yeah, that was pretty cool, too. <laughs> Excellent. And then you got to pick up a rental car in Greymouth. So how was that driving in New Zealand on the opposite side of the road, <laughs> sitting on the opposite side of the car? <laughs> I had convinced myself that I was fine until I actually got off the train, and then I did this kind of like, oh, my God, I have to drive on the opposite side of the road. And then I was sort of nervously laughing, you know, as I'm going through the rental agreement, and she's talking to me about – the, what the different signs mean and, you know, the rules of the road in New Zealand. And so I, I get up to my car, which I ended up calling the Little Blue Devil, um, which was, it was this little blue car. Um, and I inhaled and exhaled a couple of times, uh, put myself in the back seat and hopped on in. And you know what? It was totally fine. I think I was mm-hmm. meant to drive on the other side of the road. I had no problems with it at all. 
until I went to use my turn signal and I turned on the um, wiper blades because, you know, those are opposite too. <laughs> and that was the, like, one thing that I could not get through my head. It's like trying to erase 30-something-odd years of driving one way and then just trying to turn it around and do it the other way. But, I mean, it was perfect. Excellent. So you drove down the coast there to Franz Joseph. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and how was the drive down the coast? Stunning. You feel like you're almost not going anywhere because you're stopping so much and pulling off to the side of the road to look at things. Um, And then I'm the kind of person that, you know, I see a little cafe or a little, you know, hole-in-the-wall restaurant, and I have to stop and get, like, a snack or a bite to eat or see what it's all about. And so I felt like it was taking me a really long time to get anywhere. Um, But it was all good. I made I made it um, to Franz Joseph, and it was still daylight, so that's all I was hoping for. Um, <laughs> and then the scenery just sort of changed. Well, you go over these, like, bridges over, you know, like, there's different sort of creeks or rivers, you know, depending on the size, and you're just like, oh, and I got a peak. I got a view of the mountain, you know, going across one of these little one-lane bridges, and that's kind of the right-of-way is kind of weird on those because sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. Um, yep. And so that was a little weird. And then so going across one of these rivers, I just happened to look, you know, sort of in country. And then I see that the clouds had parted and right there was a snow covered peak. Oh, wow. I love it when that happens. And I just sort of gasped and I was like, oh, my God, there it is. You know, and I snapped, snapped the picture because there was nobody coming either direction. And I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, and so it was just astonishing and the scenery just kept changing, but it was getting better and better. The closer I got to, well, I felt the closer that I got to Franz Joseph and the potential glaciers that were on the horizon. (laughs) And so then the next day you actually did a heli hike from Franz Joseph. So now you've never been in a helicopter before. You did one up in Rotorua to see Mount Tarawera Mm -hmm. and now you're down in, in Franz Joseph and you're now taking your second helicopter ride and you're going up on the glacier how was that I was so giddy as I was like at the place waiting to you know and it's funny because they give you the boots and the socks and you know the waterproof pants pullover and a jacket and all this gear um because obviously that's not the kind of thing that you would normally take on your vacation um and so they, they get you all ready, ready, and as we're walking, you know, to the airfield, to the helicopters, it's like my excitement is just through the roof. And so, I, you know, we get in the helicopter, and then they, they take off, and they're going through, and then, then you actually see the glacier, and it's just like, holy cow, seriously? Like, we're going to land on that? And, you know, they go around and they do the overview. And then, yes, they actually just land the helicopter on the glacier. And so you're climbing out of the helicopter and you're, like, on this glacier and there's a guide there to meet you. Um, And then they they put your crampons on and then you basically go around for a hike for a couple hours, I think, on this glacier. And -hmm. you almost can't believe that you're there doing that. And so we were climbing through, like, ice tunnels, you know, because we found an area where there was, like, a little tunnel, and you could, like, had to sort of, thank God I'm not a large woman, but you had to sort of shimmy yourself through this little um, tunnel thing and, you know, just the pictures and the fact that you're there. And it was warm. Like, we, most of us ended up just being in our T-shirts and then just the pants because all the other Mm -hmm. layers, it was such a nice sunny day that it was warm, and I got to fill up my water bottle with actual glacier water. There is nothing like fresh glacier water. Nothing like it. And it is perfectly chilled. Yes. That was one one of my (laughs) favorite things to do when we went hiking on the mountain was to get that fresh mountain water just to go stand in the river and fill up my water bottles and just drink that water. I could drink gallons of the stuff. There's just nothing like it. Yeah, it was amazing. And so that was just, that was a great experience. I highly recommend that um, that trip. Yep. Um, and then the next day you drove down to um, Queenstown. So what did you think of mm-hmm. Queenstown? I loved Queenstown. So it was a little, I have to say the GPS and the car and that whole thing um, was a, a little nerve-wracking because 
there's really only one road, really, like into Greenstone. And it was, I was trying to look at the scenery and figure out where I was going. Um, because you just, you drive down in and then it's just this big lake and then you have the remarkable mountain in the background and it was like a clear day and it was just astonishing how beautiful it was and the colors because it was getting towards um, the end of the day. And so the light that was hitting the mountains um, and the water, I mean, it was just so beautiful. Um, And then, so I got to my hotel and then I was walking around and they have this great sort of waterfront area with restaurants and where they have, you know, um, people are doing little skits and there's like little entertainment. And then they had some, it was almost like, not like a craft area, but people were selling locally made things. It was almost, um, you know, stuff that they admitted or paintings mm-hmm. or um, a lot of the jade jewelry um, or greenstone as it greenstone, is known, yep. um, which was, which was really cool to buy stuff directly from people, um, you know, that oh, had made awesome. it. Uh, yeah. So it was really nice. And then the next day, we, um, which was Anzac Day, we had you going down to Milford Sound, and we had you going on the um, the bus down during the cruise, and then flying back. So yeah, so that? that was another early start to the day um, with the bus ride, and um, let's see, that was our driver was really really good in you know, he's talking along the way and pointing out different things that we're seeing. And again, go seeing parts of the countryside um, as you go um, on the drive. And we stopped a couple of times to take pictures and to see, I think it was called, is it Mirror Lake? Mirror Lake, yep. Yeah. They have, so this, they have the sign there. Mirror Lake on the back of the lake and it reflects perfectly into the lake. Yeah, and so we stopped there and took some pictures and then in some other, you know, to sort of break up the bus ride, um, some other points along the way. And um, we stopped for coffee and a bite to eat, which was really cool. And then we actually got, um, I guess, down into the Milford Sound area. And um, you see the, what is it, the ferry, the boat? I don't know what to call it. Just the boat. Um, That'll be fine. <laughs> The boat, the boat that you're getting on, and then you get on the boat, um, and again, they had a picnic lunch for us, and then you start, and it's just, all I can say is waterfalls everywhere, um, and it just rained, I think, the two two nights before I got there, or maybe the night before I got there, and so all of the waterfalls had water. So, so you're not just getting not the regular only, waterfalls that were there. You're also getting what's called the rainfalls, which are the waterfalls that come exactly. after the rain. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. a spectacular time to be there. And it was it was a little chilly, so you know it was you know and it was windy, um, <laughs> and so you were you were running outside and taking pictures and running inside and drinking some hot cocoa or some coffee and then going back outside and you know zipping your jacket up, um, but it was just astonishing how many waterfalls, big, small, there were, and the boat gets you right up to them. I mean, literally, we were getting sprayed by the water um, at some point, and then they take you all the way out of the sound to the open sea. Um, mm-hmm. And again, we saw some seals, so that was cool. Um, and a lot of birds, a lot of um, stuff along the way. So it was. We didn't see any dolphins or penguins, um, but the seals oh, hiding were again. spectacular. Hiding, yeah, I know. Everything was just hiding at this point. Um, <laughs> but it was. It was just. I mean, I can't say it enough. The scenery is just unbelievable. And then you got to. Then you had. You were supposed to go back in a plane, but they couldn't fly because of the low cloud. But you did end up in your third helicopter ride. <laughs> I know. Don't feel sorry for me because I had to take another helicopter ride. Oh, um, which that was just, I know. Poor me. Um, so, yeah, I took another helicopter ride, and it was – I ended up meeting up with – it was a group of Aussies that were there um, on holiday. And so it was – I mean, we were cracking up the whole time So we, before we even got in the helicopter. And then 
you know, he's take the, you get in the helicopter and you go up and they're taking you over all this amazing scenery that you've just driven through some of these valleys and whatnot. And then in the helicopter, you're getting to see all of these waterfalls and rainfalls that you didn't see from the boat. Um, and then, you know, they're taking you back to Queenstown. And so you're going up close and personable, personal with the remarkable mountains. And then, you know, he's like, oh, let's just, you know, let's just land here for a few minutes. So we basically land the helicopter on the side of, I don't know, unknown mountain to me. Um, and then we're taking pictures again. You know, he's taking pictures of us posing with the helicopter in the background and with, you know, some of the Queenstown in the background. And it was just, you just sort of want to sit there and be like, I can't believe that I'm doing this right now. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, spectacularly skilled helicopter pilots in the country. That's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then I take it that you kind of like the helicopter rides. I love helicopter. I want a helicopter. Get a new car. <laughs> I'm going to save money for a helicopter. Um, and but so it then makes after sense with New Zealand to do that, yep. I mean, helicopters, you know? Absolutely. And um, if one time you might want to go, if you enjoy skiing, you might want to go down in the wintertime one time because they do take you heli skiing, where they take you up into the helicopters to the top of the mountains and they drop you on fresh virgin powder snow, and then you ski down. Um, and that and then was one of the other things that people were mentioning. It was like, oh, no, you know, we come back, you know, and we do this. And I heard about that, and I was like, God, that would be so much fun. And then there's a little town just north of Queenstown called Wanaka, Lake Wanaka, and they actually do heli-cycling, mm -hmm. where they take you and your, bike and your mountain bike up into the mountains, drop you off, and then you cycle down the mountains on the mountain bikes for those that are a little more adventurous. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I heard um, there were a couple other places, I think around Rotorua, that they were talking about that they had all these different um, mountain bike trails that were mm -hmm. opening up. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of different – you've got the cycling trails for those who just are the, you know, the weekend cyclist, and then you've got everything mm -hmm. through to the high adrenaline rush job mountain trails. For the mountain bikers who like the thrill of the, um, who like the thrill of the the trails and the challenges and stuff, so we have in New Zealand mm -hmm. a lot of different cycling trails that you can um, that you can do. And like you said, there are opening up a few more up and around Rotorua that are going to be some um, that will have different grades based on your adrenaline um, ha um, on your experience with um, with mountain biking <laughs> or your need for adrenaline. <laughs> Or your need for adrenaline, although I just tell people, you want an adrenaline, just go to Queenstown and, and pick a, open up their brochures and just stab at something because you're bound to hit something that will take your adrenaline through the roof because um, it is the adventure capital Well, that's the what's world. so – well, and absolutely it is. That's what's so funny about it is that you're, you know, it's like no big deal to people that, you know, to the Kiwis, but like to everybody else, it's like, wow, this is such an adventure and whatever. And it's like, ah, well, this is just, you know, day to day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gets it kind of gets that way. So then we had to. So then it was time to leave New Zealand, and you um, went mm -hmm. from um, Queenstown up to Auckland, and then flew across to the Cook Islands. So how were the Cook Islands oh. for you? Oh, I love the Cook Islands. Um, so beautiful, so low key. Everybody is super nice. The the water was so warm and clear it was i mean being from california everybody goes to hawaii that's like the closest sort of tropical place um mm -hmm. the cook islands have are, are basically like hawaii was 60 years ago is what i imagined it's just you know everything's not overly commercialized or anything like that it's just um i don't it's just fabulous I don't know how else it's before it's, it's, it's Hawaii just, 60 years ago before the tourists arrived. Yeah. I yeah. mean, everything just seems more authentic. It's like, you know, there's little, I don't want to say like pop-up, um, you know, little shops or um, little places, cafes or places to eat along the island, but it's like everything just seems more authentic. Yes. Yes, Definitely. And um, and the hotel, you, the the resort we had just staying at, they put you on a beachfront villa there, didn't they? 
I was so spoiled. Yes, I was on the beachfront villa, which so, you know, it's like you wake up in the morning and you sit up and it's like, oh, there's the lovely beach and the beautiful water. Yeah, <laughs> completely spoiled. It's like I could never go back. I could never go back and be in, like, one of the other rooms that you would have to, like, walk to the beach. It yep. wouldn't work. <laughs> and then the next day we had you up early so you could fly across to Arataki to do the Arataki mm-hmm. um, day tour over there on the Tavaka. And if anybody's listened to podcasts previously that I did with John Gunning, we were talking about the Cook Islands and we talked about our day on the Tavaka, which is the Polynesian catamaran. So how did you find Arataki and your day on the Tavaka? That was so much fun. Um, so, you know, they pick you up from, and they call it the bus, which is like an open-aired bus with huge tires. I mean, it seemed more like an all-terrain bus. <laughs> um and so you're just, you know, driving around the island, which they go around the island in, what, like a half hour? I think it's 11 miles. Yep, um, yep something like that. So, it, you know, it's like you're done almost before you realize that you started. Um, and you get to see everything. And people are waving, you know, to you as you're driving past on the bus. And then our actual um, tour guide, his grandma passed the bus on her moped because people, everybody rides mopeds there. Um <laughs> which was super funny because he was like, where is she going? And she was just motoring past us. Um, so it was, it was funny. And then we actually got to the boat and it's like the lagoon is just completely indescribable. I mean, clear turquoise water and you get on the boat and, you know, there's tables and, you know, they have your towels laid out. And you can see that they're preparing lunch, and everybody's kind of like, oh, what's what's for lunch, you know? And we start going out on the boat, and it's like the water and the scenery just keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And um, we stopped a couple of points and did some snorkeling um, and just frolicking in the water, and we stopped it. Um, one foot, one foot island? One foot island, yep. One Foot Island, and they go, um, and they still, they go through the history of that and how it got its name, and we got all of our passports stamped. Um, Isn't that the cutest the little, little passport stamp? stamp? <laughs> it is, it is, it absolutely is. So you have this little foot stamp in your passport, um, and you know, and then we had this great lunch, which was, what did we have? Oh, it was like seared tuna and being unbelievable the food was unbelievable and then we stopped and you know frolicked in the water again and it was just what a great day did you did they have the sea grapes where it's like little mini bunches of grapes and they're little tiny little beads for the lunch did they have those there oh they had them Mm -hmm. there when we were there and I asked the guy said what are these he goes oh they're sea grapes and it's just like these little mini bunches of grapes, and they're probably about two inches in, in length as far as the bunch goes. Mm-hmm. And you bite into these little balls, and it was like little bubbles of, of seawater. And they were just, they was, I had to go back and get some more because they were so yummy. But you get to taste foods that you'd never tasted before. And the food, um, I, I thought the food was amazing. And, it was um, amazing. Yeah. And, they, and they, did they, they gave you some great entertainment along the way too. Oh, yeah. I mean, our guide, he was like, oh, he was just a comedy act um, the whole time. And then, you know, they were doing like 50 ways to to wear a, um, oh, gosh, what are they called? The, the sarong? Um, the sarong, yeah, different ways to tie it. And so he was doing it on men and women, and it was just, it was, we were just cracking up all the way back because of, you know, this a lot of personality in the tour guides is all I have to say. <laughs> and they're not and they're not bad on the eyes too for those that want some eye candy. <laughs> yeah, so we were, it was a great great time. I would recommend and then of course, doing that tour and, for sure. Yes, that's one of my favorite tours there in the Cook Islands to do, and um, and I just think it's a great day out on the water. And um, mm-hmm. the fact that you get to, you get to visit some of the islands that they used in um, Survivor Cook Islands um, was pretty cool too. Um, and I remember seeing the hermit crabs, and 
we saw, I saw the little one, the little tiny ones that were just in the in the little small shells, through to these really big ones. And I'd never seen hermit crabs before, so that was that was just fascinating. You see them running along the sand and stuff, dragging along the shell. And um, we actually had somebody um, in our group whose son had hermit crabs at home, so she was looking for empty shells for the hermit crab to grow into. Because apparently when they outgrow a shell, they, they look for a bigger shell and move into it. So she was looking for some bigger shells to take home. Um, oh, that's but, funny. But yeah, there were a couple of kids that were running around with hermit crabs, you know, um, constantly switching them out for ones that had prettier shells, which I thought was, you know, pretty funny. <laughs> they wouldn't have got them off the islands. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, the attention span of kids isn't such that, you know, they keep track of things like that. Yeah, you can just distract them with something else and quietly put the hermit crab back where it goes. But, yeah, the water there was just... <laughs> the thing that amazed me about the Cook Islands is the... Sorry? Is the water? The Yeah, the water was just so crystal clear and so blue. It was just unbelievable. I mean, I had never seen anything like it. I've seen pictures, but when you actually experience... I mean, the pictures don't do it justice. When you're actually there and you're Not in the water... All. Yeah, it's just wow. And you said you went snorkeling too, which is always fun to do. I I'm not a snorkeler, so I found out. Although oh, I did try snorkeling well, for the and first yeah, time on this. Oh, and you didn't like so it. I I used to have this big fear of water, and so it's something I've only recently overcome. So to go snorkel, and even though I was able to stand in the water, to put the snorkel on and to try and breathe through that tube for me was a big challenge. And I had the guide. Mm from the Tavaka was standing there on the Tavaka leaning over, giving me instructions on what to do and how to do it. And every time I put my, every time I started lowering myself in the water, my chest would start constricting. So in the end, I just sort of like, you know, I'm just going to swim around here with my head above water and, you know, just try it and and just go underwater without the tube and then just come back up, take a breath and go back down again. So I just stayed in the area where I knew that when I put my feet down, I would hit the sand. So I didn't go out into the deeper areas to see the, um, the tropical fish and stuff. So the but giant trevally didn't come towards you? Did you get the, the giant trevally that were there? The giant oh, yes. um, trevally? They're fi- <laughs> so, those, <laughs> those, those are big fish. You could see whether fish. you were in the water or not. <laughs> I, mean, I, I actually have video because I had a video camera with me that can go under the water down to like 10 meters or 30 feet. And mm-hmm. so I had that there. And I would actually stand there with the camera under the water just watching these fish and um, the captain of our tobacco was at the back, standing on the steps at the back, and he was like cleaning the fish before grilling it. So he was putting off the waste mm-hmm. into the water, and the and the fish were coming up and eating it. So I actually got um, video well, of some of that happening. Yeah, and that's what was funny. They were like, "Don't leave your hands on the surface of the water because basically these fish that always get fed, or you know, they get scraps of stuff." will basically come up and try to take your hand or your camera or whatever because they think that you're trying to feed them. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have that problem. They would swim around me, but they never came near me. Uh Yeah. Yeah. But they get close enough that I get them on camera. (laughs) Because everybody sort of stopped and was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's your typical um, tour guide. (laughs) And then, of course, unfortunately, your vacation came to an end, and you had to come home. Yeah, back to reality. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I take yeah, it from it what we nice talked about today. You had a good time. <laughs> oh, I had an excellent time, and it, you know, for me, it was a good overview trip. So I know what I want to go back and see, and it's there's so much stuff that I didn't see that I want to see. Um, mm-hmm. But I will definitely go back. Excellent. And do you have any advice for anybody going to New Zealand for the first time? Oh, boy. What would I say? Bring plenty of memory cards for your camera um, and just be open to whatever sort of happens. I mean, you know, for as much planning as, as, you know, we did, it's like there's some stuff that didn't work out, but there was always another option. It was just as fabulous. Um, and, you know, just kind of everybody was so friendly that um, and the scenery was so stunningly beautiful that you can't have a bad time. Excellent. That's good advice. 
So, well, Noelle, I would like to say thank you very much again for taking time out of your day and, um, and coming on the show and sharing your vacation with us. Um, it's, um, it's always a pleasure to, um, to hear from people who have helped plan, um, send them to New Zealand and the Cook Islands and, or anywhere in the Pacific, be it um, Australia, New Zealand, or, um, the Cook Islands, Samoa, wherever. But um, to hear the first-hand accounts, I think, is, and just hearing the experiences that you had while you were down there has been, um, has been amazing. And uh, so I'd like to say thank you very much for taking time out of your day and coming on the show. Of course. And for everybody else listening, if you would like to have more information about traveling to New Zealand, go to Have to Go New Zealand. That's H-A-V-E, -E, the number two, go New Zealand com and set up for your free one-hour consultation and we will help you plan your trip to New Zealand, the Cook Islands, Australia, wherever you want to go in the South Pacific. And until next time, again, thank you again, Noel. Until next time, hekonera. <laughs>